Ayo, ayo, ayo. Welcome to an all new episode, brand new episode of the new and reformed. I was about to call this reformed hooligans because I see Brian Dosahad at the same time, but this is actually full court press. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all heard the first episode of this new season, season three. Um, y'all heard it on Tuesday, but today we have a lot of OGs in this building right now. So what I'm going to do is uh, some of them you saw on, Monday, on Tuesday, others you're seeing for the first time today. What I'm going to do is just go around the room, state your name and, you know, state your fandom once again, even if you were on the earlier recording this week. But uh, I just want to say, take this moment to say, welcome back, Pierre. Welcome back. So we just going to start it off with you, baby. Hey, yo, it feels good to be back. Welcome back. I got to welcome Bari to the show, too. It's going to be great having him on. And uh, thank you all for having me back. I am going to state my fandom again. Um, I know it's kind of stressful for me, but I am a Houston Rocket fan, like my boy Bryson. Uh, it's tough right now because I'm so used to us being good. We are bad. I can't even sugarcoat it. Like, we're just terrible. But I'm hanging in there, praying that things will get better. I know it won't be this year or next year, but it, it's coming soon. But I'm here for the ride. As far as my favorite player, I know this may be hard to believe, but Jason Tatum is actually my favorite player. Yeah, Damn, Skippy. Damn, Skippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm Brian. I was on on Tuesday. I also host Reform Hooligans, a soccer podcast that Abraham mentioned. And, um, you know, I root for the Celtics. You know, three straight wins. I know Abe and I are feeling good with the three straight victories, especially with Tatum and Brown both going off last night. Robert Williams, a nice little discussion on the, on the Celtics post game about him being a dark horse, but defensive player of the year, kind of as a top six to 10 candidate. And I approve this message as well. But yeah, I'm not going to, you know, chime on like I usually do. But yeah, we'll leave it at that. What's going on, y'all? So I was on the Tuesday episode, but I'll remind you guys that I'm a Nets fan, fan of everything New York. And I'll take a note out of Pierre's book, because I didn't really go into my favorite player in the last episode. But Though I'm a Nets fan, my favorite active player is LeBron James. It's not it's not been good lately seeing him go through these struggles, but yeah, I'll keep it at that. <laughs> All right, so guys, we that is everybody we are going to introduce. We are going to continue talking uh, on our subject. We are going Damn, you just also how I like that. <laughs> no, yes. The crazy part is, That's so why. Abe did this because he anticipated Celtic slander, and I wasn't even gonna give him. Abe, you pulled, uh, uh, you pulled the Sandy, uh, uh, L.A. Chargers. Ooh, LA, the Raiders was what they were gonna play for the draw, but nah, then they opened nah, up the door I'm, for the field I'm, goal. So I'm you going, opened up the door for this hey, slander. So here's hey, what's coming. Hey, my name hey, is hey, okay, right, My name is Osan. Um, I, I, I guess I'm a, a full court press OG, but it's been a minute, so it's 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 good to be back with y'all. Um, I co-host Reformed Hooligans with Brian, and I also co-host Osa and Abe with Abe, um, which is quite soon the adventure. To be, soon to be known as just the Abe podcast. Yeah, Abe is salty. <laughs> <Wow>. Abe, <laughs> Abe is just salty. It's okay, though. I am a, uh, a Los Angeles Lakers fan, but I'm not a fan of LeBron Raymond James. Um, favorite player of all time is Kobe Bean Bryant. A close second is Hakeem the Dream Elijah one. Um, and I do not, I don't hate, I, I can appreciate Pierre saying Jason Tatum because he's, you know, a Kobe disciple, but um, I don't like the Celtics because they did, they did a potential MVP in Taco Fall Dirty. So. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Of all the guys they did dirty. Oh, of all the I mean, guys. first of all, at least Joe Johnson, there's some merit there. 
You know, what Isaiah mean? Thomas. I mean, damn. <laughs> he said, he said, hey, let's go to Taco Fall. Yeah, you know what? My technically, apologies. technically, according to Abe, I might as well be on a on a ten day hardship contract. Yeah, that's that. what you want. That's what you <laughs> want right now, Osan. So we'll <laughs> we'll revisit your contract later this week, wow. and we'll see whether you'll be returning. We are missing one OG, but otherwise, you have met the majority of everybody that's on the team. You'll see some faces regularly. You'll see some as guests. But uh, we're just going to dive in just because it's been a fun week of basketball this week. And one of the things that we want to look at is the Warriors-Grizzlies game that occurred on Tuesday. Gentlemen, we'll go around the room to, to just share your thoughts, um, your general thoughts on the game. Then we'll start with myself. One, it was, it was a hard-fought game. You know, it, the Grizzlies had control in that first half. And then the Warriors said, I, I, hold on now, hold on now, before the Grizzlies just ran away. A lot of the things that I took away from it was that Ja is hard to, to handle. And one stat that I was curious about that uh, I didn't notice is that he leads the league in points in the restricted area. And he's mm. a guard. <laughs> like, that's, that's absurd to me. But uh, Ja was cooking. They got the dub. Curry got himself a triple dub. Uh, Clay, you know, didn't play a bad game. Of course, he's still getting his legs under him. And if this is what we're getting from Clay after two seasons not playing, oh, I'm scared for when he's 100% ready. Pierre, what were your thoughts on the Warriors Grizzlies game that took place this past Tuesday? Man, it's crazy because when you look at the Grizzlies, they're in a division with the Rockets, the Mavericks, the Spurs. I did not think the Grizzlies would be as good as they are, like, right now. I have to give credit where it's due, though, because not only John Morant stepped up, Zaire Williams was getting his. And I I really thought once they traded um, Valanciunas, they were going to take a backseat. But no, they did not. And everybody's buying in. Everybody's playing together. And like you said, with John Morant leading the, the league and points in the restricted area, I'm going to go off them comments he said. I don't care if you're seven feet or not. I'm going at you. I ain't scared of nobody. And as – a fan of the game, you love to hear that from a player. You just love it. Yeah, so, I mean, I was watching the Celtics-Pacers game while going back and forth uh, the, uh, last night. But, I mean, this game on Tuesday night was uh, – it was fun to see Clay Thompson actually, you know, end up with a plus 17. You know, something we talked about in the Tuesday podcast with him just coming back. And, you know, it's not like he's defending, uh, you know, scrubs. I mean, I know Kyle Anderson's like, you know – not the most creative offensive player, but I mean, Desmond Baines is someone who's had a great season. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, Zaire Williams was quite productive in this game for Memphis as well. So, I mean, between all those guys, I mean, there's still quite a bit of defense that Clay has to do, especially with the way that the Memphis Grizzlies counterattack, um, so, so, you know, kind of a cross-court term. But I mean, when they, the way they play defense, they get so many points in transition that it just cuts the game it kind of minimizes the game a little bit for them. I mean, it, it may, even with jaw out, they were still productive. So, I mean, Tyus Jones and DeAnthony Melton, they kind of take turns. They don't really play all – they don't play, like, fire together in this game. But, like, Tyus Jones has been productive. Uh, you know, I mean, I always thought he was a good point guard, even going back to his days at Duke. And even Melton. Melton offers something different, too. Um, you know, I don't know quite what it is, but, like, Melton's got a little bit of that young Eric Gordon kind of in his game. Like, I think that's kind of his role. He's just going to be a nice little microwave guy off the bench. Um, but, yeah, those are the, a couple of things I noticed with Memphis's roster, other than the fact that Desmond Bain was once uh, a Celtic for five minutes. You know, that <laughs> me too. But, 
I was a fan of him at TCU because I remember I'm um, doing a college basketball podcast with um, SSAW member, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the group, Jordan Alexander, and I done college basketball in the past. And he was always a name, Desmond Bain, that came up two years ago when we were doing the show the whole winter. And TCU and that Big 12, I think 10 teams in that conference made the tournament or nine out of the 11 or something. And TCU was like 500 heading into conference play. And then Bain just had 20 point games like the whole month of February had leading up to that tournament under Jamie Dixon, who uh, coached the Pittsburgh. So, I mean, when you play for Jamie Dixon, you know, one thing's for sure, you're a guard and you play both sides of the, both sides of the court and you're a tenacious bastard. Uh, and that's how it is. Cause that's the big East mentality. And that's how it is. But you know, that's, that, that's just the observation. I mean, I like Memphis. I think they remind me a lot of, um, was Hawks teams with Joe Johnson, except John Morant's kind of the Joe Johnson, if that makes sense. Where it's like everyone kind of plays off of Joe and they have enough around them and they have the bigs too, to really create space for those guards. And that's why those guards yeah. do so well. That's why they're so productive. Not to take a lot of time. but So pretty much Brian touched on a lot. Of, when I say a lot, like what he said was pretty much what I was going to say. Um, I was going to, go more in depth with Tyus Jones because um Tyus Jones is in part the reason why John Morant was you know having problems with the criticism you know when he first came back because I believe they lost a game or two and fans were saying oh he should have stayed on the bench or he shouldn't have rushed back because um his play style they looked at his play style then they compared it to Tyus Jones and Tyus Jones you know having had all this experience at Duke and and being such a a savvy player, he constructed the offense very well. He would get his, he would, you know, um, distribute maybe a little bit more, but elevated his play more so than before he was out. So Tyus Jones can just like mesh. Like he, John Morant's like allowing these players to be themselves. So like, he's not taking off the shots. He's not asking for them to, you know, like give him rebounds so he can get triple doubles. I'm not trying to take shots at anyone, but like he's doing it in a way that, <laughs> he's becoming a young leader where, where these other young guys are, are having confidence in calling him, you know, our leader or our point guard. Um, and it's understated. It's been understated in my opinion, at least how much talent Memphis has. They like Brandon Clark where, too, by the way. Brandon, yeah, Brandon Clark, Clark a Brandon Clark, definitely. He, you know, and there was a point where Zaire Williams wasn't getting, um, much minutes he played 30 minutes against golden state but he wasn't getting much minutes to the point um melton's another one he only played 12 minutes against golden state and he has endless amounts of talent um i've always been high on jaron jackson jr i guess he had a little bit of a he's coming into start. his own yeah 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 he had a little slow start but honestly like everyone doesn't have um, a specific timetable on when they're gonna reach certain levels in their career or whatever but he's always had a great ceiling offensively at least um, and I, it looks like he's trying on, on the other ends, like he's playing more inspired basketball or something of the sort. Um, Aquaman didn't play against Golden State, right? He was out, but I love that fit. Like him as a vet, I just like he's just a stabby vet, even though he was knocking around Nicholas Claxton the other day, making me feel bad. Like <laughs> he's who he's who like you want around these young guys because he's a, he can have fun, like he can not be too serious about things, but also he knows like he has some playoff experience. He's been a center for contenders. He's been a center for teams that weren't going to contend. So I just like that fit there. And yeah, Memphis is a fun team to watch. Um, before I switch it off, though, um, Golden State, 
I've been seeing it pop up, you know, on Twitter after that game. Like, how many games do you think Memphis could supposedly take from Golden State if they were to have a series? Um, I'd give Memphis one game, maybe one game. Two. Uh, um, I, I don't. I wouldn't argue yeah, two. two. I, I wouldn't argue two, but in a in a playoff series, like it's like a different ball game and it's only because memphis mm-hmm. can account for all the golden state pieces right at least if they can d up two of those three aces that golden state really has because you have to account for draymond right as mm-hmm. bryson said on tuesday i mean mm-hmm. people may not respect draymond's game i'm not the biggest fan of draymond green personally but his game complements like everybody else and there yep. are some bigs that have the ability to create offense the way that you know yeah. draymond can so, I mean, with that being said, you, they have they could put Brandon Clark on him. And then they could put Ja on Curry. That's at least a, a fair shot. And then if not, they can alternate Melton and Tyus Jones. And then with Clay, you could put Zaya Williams, Kyle Anderson. You could throw some other bodies in there. You might not have a lot of success, but, I mean, there's you can a, throw bodies. But, I mean, for a seven-game series, you can win two. Yeah, no. There's I, a man I, you're I, not I, even mentioning. Go ahead, Pierre. Dylan Brooks. You're not even mentioning Dylan Brooks. He didn't that's play true. That's, that's how Bro. deep. That's how deep that's that team true. is. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, Dylan, you know? a Dylan Brooks and Clay Thompson. Kyle Anderson. Oh, my God. Like, oh, crazy. I know. This is probably, like, the deepest, like, dark horse. To, like, I, I don't think since maybe the Derrick Rose Bulls, I don't think there was a team that really rose quite up, like, the NBA power rankings, the way that this Memphis team kind of has, right? I mean. And it's the way they're doing it, too. Like, Yeah, because, I mean. Jimmy Butler was not really a proven commodity quite yet, but that was the season that Jimmy started to become like the Jimmy that we know now. Now, no, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, for Memphis, they have two or three guys that could probably be all-stars five years from now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Desmond Bain is an all-star in five years. Would not shock me one bit. Brandon Clark, I could see him being like maybe a guy that gets in two or three times over the course of a 12-year career because he gets to the right team, his next contract, right? So, I mean, that's these are all factors that I think you have to look at. I mean, after watching what the Celtics were able to do with, um, uh, um, you know, the, the, what Danny Angels was able to do with the Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder teams. So. I, I, let me hop in real quick. Uh, <laughs> I watched all but the second half of the fourth quarter of this game. Um, one thing that did intrigue me, I think stat wise is the Curry triple double. Because yeah. if, if you look at it, it's his second triple-double of the season, but both of them have come off of poor shooting performances. So he was, I think, something like 8 for 21 this game. Um, mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I guess there's that philosophy of, well, if you can't contribute contribute on the scoreboard, at least you can, can contribute in other places in the box score. But I have to ask this question, and I wonder what y'all, your guys' thoughts on, on this are. Is Curry more valuable to the, to the, uh, the Warriors putting uh, points on the board, or is he more comfortable i mean more valuable putting together an all-around game like a triple double a couple steals here to go with that a block there um points, points on the board points on the board 100 percent um if, points, if this so. was if this was the warriors team that still had kevin durant then i think i'd take the other option because you know like kevin durant and curry at the end of the day they're going to be known as two of the greatest scorers ever Thanks. and um and it's a lot easier in my opinion for um curry to be more multi-layered when he's playing with another well i can't say another because clay clay deserves respect also but like a guy like KD, you know you can focus on your rebounds you don't have to look too much at how many shots made because you know regardless of if you score or not you're not really missing offense from 
from, you know, from a win. Like he, the, the objection at the end of the day or the the goal at the end of the day is just getting that win. And I, I have noticed that also, like Curry gets triple doubles when he does get it because it's rare. It'll be like on a struggle performance. Like very rarely have you seen Curry get like a 45 or 50 point triple double. Like I, if if you've ever seen it, because I, I can't really recall that. But go ahead, um, Brian. Yeah, that's a that's a I mean, 45 or 50 point triple double. That's that's James Harden territory. Remember, um, and folks don't give Jimmy Harden enough credit, I think, for those kind of performances. I don't and I don't say that. I don't say that is I say a period is a fan of the game when you look at what he's done in those performances. Um, I think also takeaways for me from this Grizzlies uh, Warriors game. I'm not surprised at the performance the Grizzlies have put up. Um, even someone like a Jaron Jackson, um, Jaron Jackson, if, if we all remember, also was hurt at one point. His rookie season yep. was pretty good. Like I had him on my fantasy squad, so I definitely remember. Yeah, he, but, his rookie season, he was shut down the last 30 games too. Right. But he, he was about that. <laughs> he was balling before he that, was. right, for the previous 52. Um, and he, I mean, I think one of the big takeaways I, I took from even his draft night was when they interviewed his dad, Jaron Jackson Sr., former NBA champion with that 2000 uh, Spurs, uh, was he said, yeah, my son's built different than me. You know, if you remember, Jaron Jackson Sr. played uh, was kind of a swingman, but he said he has all the things that, like, I was lacking in my game. So whether that was um, the length, of course, he's, I think, a good four or five inches taller than him, um, but also defensively. And don't get me, like, let's remember that Spurs team, was locked down when it came to the defensive end. You had the twin towers in the middle, Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Sean Elliott. Sean Elliott, underrated for sure. You had Avery Johnson, just a bulldog at guard. Uh, but Jaron Jackson Jr., I think he's he's a complete package. And I hope he doesn't fall in love with the three too much. He can shoot it, but I hope he doesn't fall in love and settle too much um, because he definitely, I think, can become one of those players who has that pump fake that you're going to fall for every time and can get to the hole and be unstoppable. But Ja Morant, Ja Morant, <laughs> I said this to y'all in our chat, when I followed him and Zion since high school, and I, I think it sucks that they're going to be compared for the rest of their careers. I think it's unfair um, because folks won't really truly get to appreciate them for who they are. But I've been team Jocelyn's day one. And the reason being, though, is I just didn't see and we're seeing it now that Zion would be able to stay healthy just with the way he's built and the way that is the style of his gameplay is um, Jaws a dog. I would say maybe I, I would give them maybe two games in a series against the Warriors. I for sure think it'll be a gentleman's sweep, though, um, because I, I just think the Grizzlies in terms of uh, from an experience standpoint. I could see them like choking out in the playoffs. And that's a completely, as we all know, that's a completely different season when you win the playoffs. I mean, but they, get the wrong, wise, they get yeah. the wrong matchup. They're screwed. Oh, for sure. That kills their sure. confidence 100%. I, I, oh, yeah. I can see that. Uh, but overall, entertaining game, uh, con especially considering how the West has looked this season. Uh, it's The West has been close to hefty bag this season. Um <laughs> But it, it this this matchup is going to be one of those fun ones. The Warriors, Grizzlies, and the Warriors Suns. Those are going to be the matchups, I think, for the in the Western Conference going forward for the rest of the season. That's going to be box office uh, going forward. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, moving on to the next subject, we had the Wednesday game. We had the ESPN doubleheader. Um, and Barry, this is this has to do with your team. Bulls versus Nets. 
And, you know, unfortunately, within the first 30 seconds, Derek Jones Jr. went down with a leg injury, um, possible ACL, and he's likely done for this season. I know that's a big blow to the, to the Bulls. But the way that this game went, the Nets were in control, fully in control. I mean, we saw the Nets' big three get it done efficiently, uh, quickly, uh, easily. And it's these only – they're 2-0 and right now when all three are, are playing together, are starting together. So what were your thoughts on this game? Um, what are your thoughts on how uh, the Bulls will be doing well? Um, well, excuse me. What are your thoughts on this game? And what are your expectations with the Bulls concerning this, uh, this loss? I uh, First of all, I'm just going to say this. I expected the Bulls to be like a four or five seed. I didn't expect them to be this high, this fast. I My biggest concern for them was going to be how would De- DeMar DeRozan fit, and he's made it, they've made it make sense. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. But, and listen, I, I'm, I'm not a Nets fan by any stretch of the imagination. I'll let Bari, you know, wax eloquent about his, his Nets. But I'm going to need folks to stop disrespecting the Nets, man. Y'all out here act like these dudes weren't a big toe away from making it to the NBA finals last year. Like if Kevin Durant is wearing his actual shoe size because he wears his shoes a size too big, like they wouldn't be in the NBA finals right now off of a three, right? And folks need to give as well uh, James Harden more credit. This is a player, if any, that we've seen for all the talk of he's selfish and he's this. No, James Harden is a player who will do whatever it takes for his team to win. So him scaling back his numbers, so to speak, he knows, okay, I'm going to need to scale back my numbers, but I'm still going to be a distributor. I'm still going to be that dude um, who's going to get the, who's going to get shots for KD. It, when it's clutch, when it's crunch time, let's clear out and let KD do what KD's going to do in the ISO. Um, I'm going to get the ball to Kyrie and let Kyrie do what he needs to do. But when I need to, to, to yo-yo a little bit and hit that step back, cool. When I need to get down the lane, even though refs aren't giving those calls anymore this season, he's going to do his thing. So really, and I don't believe the BS that Kyrie said that in practice one day, he turned to Jimmy, Jimmy and said, hey, man, you the point guard. I don't believe that. Yeah. Did All you right. guys remember that it's been a year? Today actually makes a year that this trade happened. Yeah, today is the year. Um, anniversary of the Harden trade. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last night was the third game of the Bulls net series, the third and last game. As you guys know, they beat us the first two games. They, they beat us quite handily, I think, in one of them. But it's the first game we got to see the big three against, you know, this Chicago team because they've been pretty good this year, and I've enjoyed watching them. My thoughts on yesterday's game was I'd like to highlight Harden um, to step up against you know, that that Zoe, Levine, DeRozan trio and, and drive, look for his shot. Um, he had a few step backs on Levine. He was pretty, he was pretty aggressive. And, and that's saying a lot for me as a Nets fan, because Kyrie's playing, KD's playing, but Harden didn't look at all, you know, the step saw that everyone's been talking about. He didn't look like he didn't want to shoot because he's trying to, you know, bait fouls or whatever the narratives have been this season. He didn't look like that yesterday. He had, um, 25.16 assists. I think he matched, um, a season high and seven rebounds on 50% shooting. And he had a steal in a block. And I will say, like, in Harden's Houston career, people always 
spoke about his defense and his lack of, you know, playing defense. Like they'd highlight those clips of him just letting defenders pass by. But since he's been a Brooklyn net, I, I haven't had those problems, to be honest with you. And we play a switch heavy defense. So Harden finds himself on centers and power forwards a lot more than you would think. And he doesn't back down. Um, it's still a mismatch. So if they're good enough, they get their buckets. But he doesn't back down. And I've been, you know, I've been proud of his defense and his hustle. Like he's obviously not the fastest player, but I've been proud of the effort he's been given to get back into the full swing of things. Another play I'd like to highlight is De'Ron Sharp. So going into yesterday's game, he was like the only play that we can call a center <laughs> that was available for us. Um, obviously, Claxton's out with a, a hamstring injury or a strain or something like that. And Aldridge, I think he has like a minor foot injury. But we don't really have real sensors on this roster. Um, even in college, Sharp was like a forward center. Claxton was a forward center. LaMarcus Aldridge, forward, Blake and forward, Millsap forward. So we don't have like a true, true center. So to see him do dirty work, grab boards, um, track down hardened lobs if they weren't the best passes and still catch them and be efficient, you know, it was great to see in his, I think, second or third start. I'm not 100% sure about that, but it's a second or third start. He had 20 and seven on 71% shooting. I think he, had, he maybe took like 12 shots and he, shot 71%. So that was great to see, especially against um, an opposing center in Nikola Vucevic. So I was definitely proud of my rookie, you know, for <laughs> stepping up to the challenge and, and hopefully, because we're playing a back-to-back. So hopefully I'm, we'll see something like that against OKC tonight too, because KD's resting, Patty's resting. Kyrie's impact, I can't even say it's understated. I think it's covered pretty well. People know like how good Kyrie is and how important he is to our system. But against Chicago, I think he only had something like nine points. But I'll tell you now, he was very pivotal in us going on the run that we we did and, and winning by as much as we did. Because just him being on the court provides so much space. And like these guys fear leaving Kyrie. So Harden, KD, whoever's on the floor benefits from so much space and, and high IQ. Like if you're watching these games, like you're seeing him, he's talking to these guys, he's telling people where to go. So um, we have multiple leaders on this team and it's great to, to see all three of them available at the same time. Real quick, hold up. I got to throw this in there. I'm, I was sick of people disrespecting James. I don't know why I'm a James Harden apologist today. I'm sick of people <laughs> disrespecting his defense, uh, his defense. Yes, they'll show the highlights of him letting people just go by, but I think people forget James Harden is deceptively strong. Like he's yeah, he's built like an ox. So if anywhere, if there's anywhere you yes, don't want James Harden, it's in the post. And if you yep. remember with that Houston Rockets team, because they like to run that small ball, they were switch heavy. And whenever he ended up with a big on him in the post, I have visions of him in that. I think it was 2018 playoffs against uh, the Timberwolves and him ended up getting uh, caught with cat on him in the switch. Cat yep. was getting locked down. I'm just saying. Well, I'm sorry. So. The only negative about Sharp last night was that he fouled out. True. That's the only negative. I, was, I mean, other than that, that dude, I mean, he was in the right place at the right time. And sometimes when you play with three guys who are as, I mean, the, the definition of a superstar is Harden, KD, and Kyrie, where even though Kyrie didn't have like a – his, his numbers in the stat sheet didn't really like, you know, explode. But the thing with Kyrie is that the threat of Kyrie is there, and that's what's opening up 
the fact that that was the Brooklyn's probably best performance of the season, considering that they have all three guys now ready to go forward, presumably, if they can get Kyrie at a full-time basis. So, I mean, I think you should just pay the fine. Just, it's not that much money. Just pay it, let them play. Because, I mean, yes, I'm a Rockets fan. People thought I was going to bash James Harden. But, no, I just wanted my guy to be happy. Clearly, he wasn't happy. Listen, I was in New York City when that game seven, that Brooklyn game that uh, Osahan is referring to, I was in New York yeah. City that weekend. Brooklyn was fucking nuts. If they had won that game, Brooklyn would have exploded. I promise yeah. you. I would have felt it from my Manhattan hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ladies and gentlemen, I just want to reiterate that we have two Rockets uh, fans on this podcast, not on this episode, but in general on the full court press team. They both love James Harden. They both want to see him succeed. So don't get it twisted. Yeah. Just because he yes. left doesn't mean That's that they it. hate him. You understand? I was I was not I was not mad or I mean I was sad to see it end like that. But I mean I wanted my guy to be happy, and it's clearly shown that he's happy. Barry said the notion on James Harden has been he can't play defense, like Abe said as well. But he showed it yesterday. I mean this man he's always in the top five and still even in the playoffs. So this whole he can't play defense, we got to kill that. But look, look, no one named Vucevic this week. So to switch on that, I I like Vucevic, but he, he's not the strongest guy in the world. But I'm a little concerned for Chicago because I look at this bench and I'm other than Troy Brown Jr. and I can't pronounce the gentleman's last name, so I'm going to just call him A.O. I know Caruso's out. And um, Kobe White, who I feel like they're trying to trade. I don't know why, but they need depth on, on this team because we've seen with DeRozan. He can get ran into the ground, and he looks great now. Alonzo, but we still have a lot of basketball left to play. I mean, losing and, Patrick Williams three games yes, into the season. Yes. Losing Derek Jones the way they did. I mean, Derek Jones presumably would be their backup small forward on this. Team yeah, I just feel like they need Patrick. To... Yeah, I mean, Patrick would defend the other team's best players on every given night. So I mean, that alone already hurts, right? And then you yep. have Lonzo and Patrick Williams. That that defensive that as a defensive unit, that would be a hell of a team with a deadline yeah. deal pending. Now it almost seems like they have to make a deadline deal. Just to com- just to stay in that top three conversation in the Eastern Conference because they're going to slide. They're going yeah. to slide. Like March, like if it's not by after the All Star break, but March will be tough for them. It definitely it's coming after. It's going to be after, and they're going to have to shop the buyout market as well because when you look at the starting five, hell, not even starting five, but just well, you can say the starting five because most of it, I can't. I can't downplay. I was saying the Celtics can offer Dennis Schroeder <laughs> if they want to give us Kobe White, Mister Big saying. Money, huh? <laughs> can make it work, yeah. I don't you know how Bulls Nations that. would feel about that, but I'm all for it because you know oh, Kobe White's the kind of point guard we need in Boston. Yo, also yeah. let's not forget: has Lonzo actually played a full healthy season in the NBA? This probably no. be it right here. This, yeah, I think this is gonna be it. Yeah. This is going to be. And keep in mind, too, I mean, uh, not to get into the topic, uh, not not to kind of overseed here, but this is more of what I was going to mention, too, with Lonzo, is his trajectory is very similar to other point guards of his size, those 6'4, 6'5 point guards that may not be like great, gifted offensive scorers, 
mm-hmm. like a Jason Kidd, like um, I mean that that's a trajectory that has been compared nonstop with Alonzo, obviously too. And if you look at where it is year three, now take the three point percentage aside because Kidd's three point game, he didn't care about that till he turned thirty five. But if you look at the mid range percentage and where Alonzo's at, the numbers are almost identical. Now I'm not saying he's going to be like Jason Kidd, no, that that he might not get to that level because he's not. It, there's part of the game that's he's still kind of missing that he has to mature with, but. Yep. The fact that he's pretty much where Kid was on that second year in Phoenix when it, when everything was going well in Phoenix before they blew it up. That's pretty much where Alonzo is right now. And that's a pretty scary thought, by the way. That's the, that's the, that's, that's the difference between signing a great free agent and then building the team correctly, which is what the Bulls have done with DeRozan and Ball, and also having faith in keeping Zach Levine because they easily could have traded Levine last year at the deadline gotten themselves another top 10 pick and i mean they could have ended up with one of these great nba rookies that we're going to mention too uh yeah i'm not going to mention my rookie i'm sorry but... no but i mean not that high but i mean <laughs> like i mean maybe not maybe not a green but like a giddy right i mean uh, someone like that i mean chicago could easily use a guy like him on that roster Scotty that would have been that would have been another, great that's that's the guy right there in my opinion if chicago had and... him they would be they would be interesting i'm telling you that right now <laughs> To close on my next segment, um, I love what I saw. I just, it just, it's going to continue to happen, you know, as they play more games together and get acclimated. It's just all about chemistry with them. You have guys who can play off of each other. I mean, one night KD can go for 40. Kyrie can go for 40. And like you said, Harden doesn't have to. But the fact that he's capable of doing it is scary too. The man can drop 20, 14 assists, eight rebounds. And that's enough. So, Bari, I know you're excited, and I'm excited for you because it's here, man. It's definitely here. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so thanks to Osahan uh, being on his 10-day contract and him um, getting a little pricey with me prior to this recording and whatnot. Let's talk about them Lakers, y'all. Let's let's the Lake Show, who are the uh, best team in the NBA. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm out. Was that was that back in like 2010? Okay, my fault. Or or the bubble season, my fault. Anyway, Ooh. Lakers versus Kings. I, I'll be real. I'll stop trolling for this moment. It's it's no, <laughs> look. Westbrook has been um. Do do. <laughs> I mean, look. I'm not a Westbrook hater by any means. Call it what it is, man. I, I always, I've always liked Westbrook. He's one of the more more athletic point guards. He plays with his he plays with his heart on his sleeve. Mm. But I also acknowledge his basketball IQ isn't the best. But Lord have mercy, what is going on with with Westbrook and the Lake Show? Yeah, I would like our resident um, Laker enthusiast and LeBron Raymond James fan. Uh, Osahan to um, just kind of break it down for us. What's going on with your Lakers? What's going on with Brody? Uh, do you guys have any aspirations for the playoffs? Um, yeah, I, I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm just going, let me just let's playoffs? just get this. Let's just get can, this done right now. First of all, past the San Antonio Spurs in the playoffs. First of all, like, I think this is I think this is rich that Abe is is trolling as a Celtics fan when the Celtics same and record. the Lakers have the same record. Celtics are on a three game winning streak though. Lakers <laughs> and the Celtics have the same record. So y'all, so y'all, your record was worse than ours. But before we, ain't we went on a losing spot. <laughs> so I don't even want to hear it. Second of all, like I said earlier, I'm a Lakers fan and I'm not a LeBron fan. This is how much of a LeBron fan, uh, I'm sorry, of a LeBron 
hater I am. I remember I was playing 2K the day that the Lakers made the move for LeBron. I immediately, when I got the notification on the ESPN app, I immediately turned off my Xbox. I was playing somebody online and I turned that joint off. I got a text like, bro, are you good? No, I'm not. The Lakers just picked up LeBron. Now, there's some of y'all who are going to look at me and say you're crazy. But here's the thing about LeBron. There's, there's one thing that I for sure will hold against LeBron, and it's this. LeBron, LeBron needs a certain build of team to, to, to be built around him for him to play. And most of the time, that comes at the cost of younger players. So the Lakers essentially, and yes, we know they traded away the young core to get AD, but that was basically to bring something that LeBron needed over. The Lakers have essentially mortgaged their future um, with aspirations of winning not one, not two, not three, <laughs> not four, and they're not they're outside of the bubble chip. I don't see the Lakers winning another title. I don't, as long as, as and it's not necessarily LeBron's fault but it's more so what LeBron brings in terms of the other things, the intangibles. I watched that Lakers-Kings game first half. Third quarter, I fell asleep. Fourth quarter, I wake up. The Lakers were up six at the half. I wake up, they're down double digits in the fourth. Let's just look at this man, Russell Westbrook, shooting percentage. Two for 14 for the game. When I look at his play also in the clutch, <laughs> a straight joke. This man fumbles fumbles games away. I mean, blown layups, blown dunks, uh, turnovers. The list goes on and on and on. And here's the, the, I think the other knock I have against LeBron, and I'd love to hear uh, Jabari's thoughts on this. For all the talk that LeBron gets about him having like this extraordinary basketball IQ, there are just some things I see where I'm like, I don't see that. Like, I just don't see that. I feel like LeBron should have been playing the four, the five, the second he came to the Lakers, or at least decide, I'm either going to be a point guard or I'm going to be a center. Because if I decide to do one or the other, it creates opportunity for others to do what they're going to do. But I personally feel like LeBron should have been playing the four or the five a lot sooner. I definitely think it would have extended his career. If you watch the way the Lakers are playing ball right now, even without AD and with LeBron at center, um, the Lakers are playing some of their best in terms of ball movement, best offensive basketball with LeBron playing at the five. Suffice to say, I, Lakers ain't going to hurt me this year. I have no championship aspirations for these dudes. They might sneak into the playoffs. I think they're the sixth seed right now. They might sneak in besides a play-in. I don't, I, I, I don't even see AD staying healthy the rest of the year, even when he comes back. So, Bari Bar, what you got to say? Man, I think it may have been overstated how badly of a fit or how badly constructed this team is. Like, I know it's been said a lot, even before games were played, that the Lakers should have tried to get Beal or they should have, you know, been more serious about the Rosen, whatever the case may be. Like, I thought, I did agree with those sentiments, by the way, but I thought they'd be better than they are. You know, having LeBron James, Anthony Davis before he went down with the injury, and Westbrook, superstar talent, in my opinion, is supposed to, like, supersede some of the chemistry issues you may have. Or 
in my opinion, it, it should at least allow you to win games that are winnable and not like get swept by like OKC and, and things of that nature. I think Osa just said Westbrook was like two of 11 last night. Well, over his last three games, he's eight for 40. And the Whoa. only good thing, the only good thing we can say is he's turning the ball over less. But oh, that's a really <laughs> even, <laughs> even with him turning the ball over less, like to be eight for 40 in a three game stretch, um, to be shooting like single 20%, by the way, that's a 20 percent. <laughs> that's totally yeah, IQ went up. <laughs> but his shooting IQ further, which which oh, hey, it's true though, because my man had I watched them play. Was that the Grizzlies? I think it was the Grizzlies about two weeks ago, and this man had seven turnovers in the first half, nine for the game. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, get this! An that interesting double, interesting fourth quarter stat line. So get this: LeBron had twelve points, Austin Reeves had seven. Nobody else on the Lakers had more than four, and that was Malik Monk. So basically three guys scored in the fourth quarter for the for the Lakers outside of that one shot that Jalen Horton Tucker hit. So just think of that. Listen, There's listen, literally a 30, nothing going on for the Lakers. A 37-year-old LeBron James, I think, was 11 for, I don't know, 22, 20, something like that. Like, I know he made 11 shots. On the other end of things, Westbrook was two for 11. Like, he missed the amount of... Or I'm sorry, he took the amount of shots that LeBron made and and only made two of them. Like it's it's unacceptable. Like his play, his response to the criticism to the reporters after games, like trying to be nonchalant or brush it off. Like this isn't acceptable standards. It doesn't matter what the role is, it doesn't matter if LeBron changes your play style. Like this isn't anything that a fan should accept from a team that openly states that they have aspirations of, of winning a championship so um i mean it's it's uh, we're pointing out the obvious though like westbrook you know is it's very easy to you know point out the glaring issues that he has in his game and his sometimes lack of basketball iq but if i'm i guess being positive about the lakers if i'm being positive I still like the the signing that they made for Stanley Johnson that I believe they're keeping for the season. Dang um, it, that was my 10-day guy. Dang it. <laughs> well, it's not my 10-day guy, guy, so you, you can still use him. But, <laughs> but I love, I love like, seeing that type of energy to a team that seemed depleted. Like, he, he seems like he's playing for something. Um, and... Who was I going to mention just now? Was it was it on Monk? Yeah, it definitely is. Like Monk's been stepping up, and in uh, a locker room of just like a bunch of people that aren't doing anything in basketball this year, um, Monk stepping up. And he said the other day he 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 felt he felt a way that the Lakers were the only team that had interest interest in him at a point. So that was true. I believe he's you know playing with like a chip on his shoulder, and it's good to see like his play. Um, honestly, I don't watch the Lakers too much, but when I do, I do like seeing Austin Reeves play. Shit, that may be the only things hey, I can hey, highlight. Hey, don't, uh, don't don't oversell Russell Westbrook. He didn't go two for eleven last night. He went two for fourteen. Um, right. I think, but, but also I think, here's the thing. 
He was useless. He's useless in crunch time. <laughs> no, he like, is. I, Absolutely. No, he's and, literally and game, what Dennis Schroeder is for the Celtics. Is no, what 100%, Westbrook is for the Lakers. 100%. Because the Lakers hey, actually hey, made hey, a Dennis run in the better fourth minute. quarter. Stop it. Stop the it. Lakers Dennis actually made a run made in, made in, made in the fourth fair. quarter. Abe, ain't nobody listening to you and your, your leprechauns. I will say this as well. I think there's a, yeah, he a gives the other Celtics fan all the a, respect. You know what? All right, a piece, there's hey, a piece I'm the that the Lakers though. are missing. There's a piece yeah, that the Lakers are missing from, that hurts my soul, and that's Kendrick Lakers Nunn. And this, that's Kendrick uh, Nunn. I Kendrick believe, Nunn. Yeah, I, I Kendrick <laughs> Nunn. I think that's a big piece that they're missing off the bench. Um, I think is. that's easily 15 points you're missing off the bench. I'll I say agree. this before Pierre and Brian, you share your thoughts on 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 the state of this Lakers Kings game. Can this season still be redeemed? Just I, I just yeah. want everybody to say yes or no. Can it still be redeemed? For the Lakers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. of course. No. Sure, it's it's possible. It's no. possible. Will it? Well, anything's possible, but no. <laughs> I, I don't know. Hey, listen. Listen, all right, all right. Let, let me let me give my reasoning for that. The Lakers have played the easiest Oh yeah, you're right. schedule in the NBA and struggled. Like there's nothing easier coming up now. And they these, teams, with my these teams, after All-Star break, they're fighting for seeding. They're fighting for, I don't know, to break ties. Like, they're looking towards the playoffs. Nobody's looking like – like, there's certain teams that don't get any team's weak efforts, in my opinion. Like, like the Nets, um, Golden State, the Lakers, just, just off of name alone. Like, no one's going to Crypto Arena or having LeBron come to their arena and taking a night off. So I don't I don't think it's redeemable unless you know playing is deemed as redeemable, which I don't think it is. I mean that'll be two years in a row because they were on the brink of playing last year. Well, I'm not a Laker fan, so I'm not gonna be petty and be like, ha ha, because hell, my team is 12 and 31. Hmm. But we are. Oh, you can say whatever you want. I'm really not tripping. Like the, these no, 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 Lakers no, no. are. I'm not that guy. It's I'm a not shame. that guy. Yeah, no, Pierre. It's Wait, only you, if you're a Celtics fan and you're. But Pierre, you just said they they were on the brink of the plan. Weren't they in the playing? Did they play like Golden State in a playing game? You're right. You're right. right. So yeah. two years in a row, that's that's bad. My only I mean, thing. Why, well, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the only chance that the Lakers could be saved this season, anyway, and the only proposal I'll even mention is if Indiana or somebody pulls in Orlando did last year and just trades the entire squad and takes sixty percent of the dollar to the trade. Let's let's say what it was because. Vucevic and Gordon were traded for 60% of the dollar. Facts. And that's what will happen in Indiana with Sabonis and et cetera. And if they were to get, if the Lakers were able to get a Sabonis and pair him with Davis, yeah. that that kind of nullifies the rest of the roster because their guards are good enough to create space for themselves. They just and need someone to compliment how soft Anthony Davis is. And a Sabonis is, I feel like Sabonis is white Julius Randle. Like they're the same player, just different skin color. And I think so, Randall. I think Randall holds on to the ball too long, though. That's but true. Other than that, I think and he has that yeah, infamous spin move. That yeah, he, he got the infamous spin move. I mean, so you can tell, yeah. like his 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 daddy, you know, came from some pointers. But other than that, I was upset <laughs> when the Lakers got rid of Julius Randall. So to get a player like Sabonis, which is like when I heard that Indiana is basically going to rebuild mode and is going to get rid even of even Miles Turner, even Miles fingers Turner, on the yeah, fingers crossed. Like that, that, I wouldn't mind fine. either of those guys. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre ain't working. The the, the white and DeAndre ain't working. I'm sorry. No, it's it's not. And the white Howard, 
and DeAndre Jordan Who's that? is not working. <laughs> Refresh my memory. I I, I don't recall. Oh, you said like oh, that oh, oh who's that? Don't, don't recall. <laughs> well, that's your team, man. I don't know, but I watch these games because I live in a like, household. And other than LeBron, I don't really see nobody that stands out. I mean, Carmelo is Carmelo. He's going to chip in here and there, but he didn't even play last night. If he did, I didn't see him out there. But Russell Russell Westbrook, if and I knock on wood when I say this, if LeBron was to go down with a major injury, you cannot trust Russell Westbrook to lead this team to the playoffs because I, I don't know if it's the pressure of playing in his hometown. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the media, but he just it just it's not. You can tell. And I, I feel bad because he was on my Pressure team. Pressure and that fan base is different. I think so I think his fans, I think Russell Westbrook's fans jinxed him. I mean, you can, you can say that. I mean, if DeRozan ended up in L.A., I think the same thing would have happened to DeRozan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, and, and, I lo- and DeRozan obviously is having an MVP caliber season, too. I mean, with that being said. But till last year, DeRozan was. Huh. In San Antonio, right? It was laughable. Yeah, exactly. It was laughable. I don't know if the Lakers need to make a move. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I mean, there's only three teams oh. that can take that contract on, and that's really the point I was going to make about this game anyway. Is is that Russell Westbrook contract? It's a disaster. I'll tell you. I'll tell you now. We don't. Indiana's the only hope. Indiana, Detroit. That's it. I keep saying, oh, <laughs> John Wall, John Wall. No, we don't want Westbrook back. No, they can have John Wall, but they're gonna have to route. Westbrook somewhere else. And even what you mentioned about Westbrook, if LeBron went down, knock on wood, like Westbrook would be able to carry the team. No, he, I said I he mean, wouldn't. wouldn't. Wouldn't be able to. Like, we already saw that when LeBron was out for a few games. Where was where was Westbrook to be found? That man, I, don't that know, man. Man, I put out an APB on that man. Yeah, I, it, it's rough. It's rough. Anthony Davis, like you said, Barry, I don't, I don't foresee him staying healthy neither. And it's sad because it's such a generational talent and he just can't stay on the court. I I don't see the Lakers winning more than what are they? I don't even know the record to be honest, but maybe 40 games, maybe a little under 40, but they I mean they're 21 and 21 right now. So I mean okay, they can get to they, 39 and 43, I think. They yeah, that 43. I'll cap them at 43, but no more than that. I I, I don't see. Unless they yeah. go on a miraculous run on the All-Star break. But right now, no. I mean, not really much more to add because, you know, there was all the little side, side things have been hit. But, I mean, the Lakers have to figure it out. And I think Westbrook has to be the sacrificial lamb, unfortunately. And they just have to kind of scrap it the way they did when LeBron was there year one when they brought in Isaiah Thomas and Jake Crowder. They just have to, you know, piece that team together in a six-month fix and start over again in June. That's where the Lakers are at at this point. But I like Halliburton. Wish the Celtics had him. Lakers' next game is against the Nuggets, correct? I think so, yeah. Mm, that's going to be a telling game. Also, how make sure you watch it. <laughs> He's like, no. Can <laughs> you watch a no, Lakers game? That's not good for my mental health. That's the, I, hey, if I can sit through – hold on. If I can sit through – Rockets games, you damn sure can sit through. But I mean, you you know though that the Rockets aren't like that's not what I want. And I know it's not what you want. I think for me with the Lakers, when I watch them, it's it's very frustrating watching players whose basketball IQ is just not there. Like that's 
that is one of those things for me as a fan of the game is frustrating. So when I see you putting up seven turnovers and a half, and come on, bro. When I see LeBron like just now starting to play the five, when I see AD talking about, I don't want to play the five. I prefer to play the four. And really you out here playing a stretch, <laughs> the, the stretchy stretch of a four. And you think you're still a point guard. You think you're still in the body you had before you, you had that growth spurt and your senior year in high school. No, that's not okay. He wants to take baseline jump shots. That, that, that's what he when wants. When you got, you're taking baseline J's. I, I'll never forget this. And, and I know we got transition. But the first time the Lakers <laughs> played the Kings this season, the Kings ran most of the game a four-guard lineup. They don't even do that in college. The, the Kings ran a four-guard lineup. AD is stuck with a guard. He's stuck with De'Aaron Fox on him most of the game. And what do you do? You take and turn around baseline jumpers? <laughs> Man, get out of my face. Like he's Adrian Dantley or something. Too. I'm disgusted. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Hey, come on, man. Come on, you got De'Aaron Fox. You got Swiper Fox on you. Mm-hmm. And you take your turnaround, Jays. You can't even. He's trying to be Alex English. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Anthony Davis thinks he is. <laughs> no, I'm not. He's trying he's to be a- okay, he's that's trying how to be I'm talking about now. He's AD now. So <laughs> <Shit>, I'm done. <laughs> 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 All right, so I wanted to get you guys' reactions on two trades that went down. The first trade occurred, I want to say, four days ago, and that was between the Denver Nuggets and the Detroit Pistons. The McGruber ball trade. Yeah, so the Nuggets sent Bobo to the Pistons for Roddy McGruder and a second-round pick from the Nets that they had. A couple of days later, I think Bobo was taking his physical or – trying to do one of those things that you have to do one of those tests, you know, when you get to a new team and it seems like he failed. It seems like he failed the physical. And as a result, the trade was voided. So I'll take your reactions on that. But before we we even start on that, let's go over the trade that happened today. So we can just do both reactions, you know, in one. So trade that happened this morning, the New York Knicks managed to acquire somehow managed to acquire Duke forward Cam Reddish in a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. The Knicks sent over Kevin Knox, a 2020 first round pick that's heavily protected. And the Hawks sent over Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a 2025 second round pick. I'll quickly, I'll quickly go over this. This isn't really a complicated thing for me. On the Bobo situation, it's sad that he couldn't, you know, pass that physical and, you know, get a fresh start with a new team. On the other hand, I think there are better fits for him. To get playing time, um, you have Stewart starting, you have Kelly Olenek, Olenek on his way back, sorry. And then you have Trey Lyles, who's been playing pretty decent lately. Um, there's a lot of people in front of him. They have decent big depth, not anything good, but there's just not, you don't really see him taking minutes away from these guys that are, you know, already conditioned and are playing games. So I think the Denver Nuggets can find a better trade suitor and it probably give Bobo some time to ramp his, you know, conditioning up because, you know, teams take this seriously and it'll be hard for you to get suitors if, you know, words out that you can't pass physical. So that's all my thoughts are for that. On the Knicks Hawks trade. Um, I'll keep it simple. I think Damn. the Hawks got fleeced. I think the Hawks got fleeced. I think the Knicks came up on a good trade. I'm not, I'm not trying to, preach to anyone on this on this pod saying you know cam redis is the next paul george or any of the <laughs> narratives that go around twitter or that did go around you know when he was drafted but i still think he's a great talent 
I think he's been um, misused in Atlanta, underused, um, kind of, especially last year, overshadowed by um, Bogdan at times. I'm sorry, I can't say that name for anything. Bogdan at times. Um, and what's that guy's name? They have another wing who was starting. DeAndre Hunter? Well, they use Kevin Herter. Hunter. Kevin Herter and DeAndre yeah. Hunter. Those yeah, guys. yeah. Well, I, I was trying to think of Hunter. But Hunter, like, mind. directly took, like, his spot. And Herter gets right. a lot of burn on that team. And Bogey is very essential for them winning games. Like, he's, right. he's a he's a pretty <laughs> important piece. So I'm, I'm happy for Cam to get out of Atlanta. I think Atlanta's GM, whoever he is, he's pretty dumb. Um, he could have gotten a lot more if he was more patient. And if they knew they were trying to get rid of him, they could have showcased him more, give him some more burn. But I think he'll get that. In New York, it shouldn't be hard to win minutes over Evan Fournier and Burke. So. I think with Reddish, you're going to see very similar to what we saw with Monk when he first went to L.A., where it's just going to be like a nice little jolt of energy, playing next to R.J. Barrett, playing next to Emmanuel Quickly, playing next to Julius Randle. Three guys are very creative offensively. And yep. you know what the, the thing is? Maybe he just needs Maybe he just needs like an actual structured system, and maybe the Knicks provide that for Cam. Because, I mean, the Hawks look like, you know, a disorganized chaos half the time, no offense. I mean, John Collins, they can free John Collins, too, by the way. That's another guy that, you know, I talk about a lot every time I'm on this show, I realize. What? Why, why would they, <laughs> where would they send John Collins to, Brian? Boston, I mean, anywhere. No, but, I mean, Boston would be one. But, I mean, I would. why not Dallas for Porzingis, right? Porzingis and Atlanta might actually benefit better, to be honest. Just, yeah, I'm just put, that's just one, okay? Uh, Portland? Portland with a Simmons and a rebuild, like a brand new, if they were to re- really start over, if they really wanted to do that. Uh, these are just teams I want to see him play. I, at. Not, I not that the Detroit trades wouldn't work out. If I were Detroit, Ooh. I'd trade Isaiah Stewart in a heartbeat for, for John Collins. Send him, him to L.A. with LeBron. Houston, if Houston uh, were dumber, Christian Wood and John Collins, that's kind of a lateral move, but I think Collins oh. would fit with that locker room better. You know what I mean? Oh, man. We got a bunch of kids, man. No, but I mean, um, but it's a it's a lateral move. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Christian I mean, will be pissing me off. We'll just because we'll of the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, just the chemistry issues. I mean, look at Wendell Carter when he left Chicago to Orlando. You're starting to see the winning's not quite there, obviously, in Orlando. Seven wins. But I mean, the impact is the same. That's the kind of that's transition I, that these guys have. That's the kind of thing Reddish needs. And that's what I hope happens for Kevin Knox because coming into the draft, he was somebody that I was like, oh, wow, he, went, he, he ended up on the Knicks? Oh, but he never yeah. quite panned out for the Knicks. So going to Atlanta, you know, I'm all for a change of scenery. Same with Cam Reddish. Uh, when I look at the Knicks right now, I, I just clamor at it, like Cam Reddish. That's a RJ. fun and It is. It is. And RJ's been so great this year. And you know, Brian, I was a huge advocate. Mitchell Robinson. Of, Mitchell uh, Robinson yes, deserves some yes. freaking props too, by the way. Yeah, they've been aggressive, and I'm I'm happy to see it. I almost want to call RJ Barrett my son, but I'm not gonna go that route just yet. <laughs> but I I when I seen it, I just was like, wow, this is all it took. And with the the Bobo situation, before I pass it, this happened in Detroit a lot. I don't know if it's Bobo. I don't know if it's just Detroit. Like, oh, we don't that medical st- that medical staff has been criticized by a lot of yeah. guys in the NBA over the last eight nine years. Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin almost filed a lawsuit against that training mm-hmm. staff. I think too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was when he first joined the Nets too. I think when that was going down. So I mean, there's a lot of different things there. I mean, Detroit. 
they're kind of just trying to start over, right? And I mean, if Ball Ball were able to go to Detroit, I don't think he would play over. I, I agree with Jabari. He wouldn't play over those guys. They have. I play Kelly nope. Olynyk over him right now. Olynyk is yep. easily, easily. You know, he was he was part of the fantasy squad for me when before he went down. And it just sucks because coming into the draft, Bobo had all this potential. I mean, Oregon, that injury he had Oregon. That was it. Yep. He never really mm-hmm. picked himself back up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the, the, I do feel like the Hawks got fleeced, but I do also feel in terms of the style of play that they have, like Brian said, it's, it's just chaos. God bless God bless them. Um, guards, guards like Reddish that are catch and shoot type of scorers need the structure. Like if you put like Gordon with New Orleans, actually yeah. that's an even better comparison. There it right? is. Yeah, that that was a freaking mess for Eric Gordon. Yeah. Then he goes to Houston, and I mean he he's been there. Lights it up, early. but Kevin Knox though, Kevin Knox. He might I mean, fit better. Uh, he was he was the sniper. Everyone was saying the dude's coming out of college. He's gonna be a sniper. Didn't really pan yeah. out with the Knicks. I do think it I think it can pan out with the Hawks, especially with the way that team is built. Um let it be. Uh the bowl bowl situation. I, I told y'all earlier. Uh I blame his Instagram model girlfriend that <laughs> just dumped him. I mean, you just get dumped by fine dime breezy, but you get dumped by, by someone like that, and then you get traded to Detroit of all places. I mean, I might fail a physical intentionally too. My, Y'all need to y'all need to do a wellness check. I ain't on going Bobo. to Detroit if I can help it. Oh, uh, listen, right I'm getting out of Detroit if 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 I can help it anyway. And don't <laughs> get me wrong, them dudes they they went full rebuild, but eh, sorry, it's Kate. not a beautiful thing. It's not a beautiful thing. I'll say mm-hmm. that. For me, free Bobo, just not to the Celtics. And uh, why and not? Guards, I think him uh, and Taco nah, Fall would have been the next what? twin tower. <laughs> <laughs> right, there. Oh, right there. That's why you y'all ain't winning the right? championship because y'all think right, small. Because Rob Williams needs to play thirty minutes a night. That's, yes, he does. No, that's true. That's, that's, Lord needs his, that's, that's true. So have a big three up front of Taco Fall, Time Lord, and Bo like Bo. I'd rather have Grant Williams. I'd rather have Grant uh, Williams out there hitting nah, threes at like 45% of the time. You need That's those fine. three right there. Nah. <laughs> anyway, um, in response to Cam Reddish, look, it looks like the Knicks are gearing up to bring the Duke big three to, to Madison Square Garden. So It can do a got, Zion trade right now. They got two pieces down, and Zion isn't going to play in New Orleans. He doesn't want to. He clearly wants to come to New York. So we're about to call the New York Knicks the, the young Blue Devils uh, soon. You know, it'd be um, kind of crazy, though. What if Randall were a part of a trade back to New Orleans? <laughs> crazy, bro. That'd be absolutely wild, man. Because you know hey. what? Randall <laughs> yeah. and if what if Reddish ends up finding his stroke and you end up having Reddish and Randall for Zion down the road and you still get RJ oh, and Zion? Man. That's crazy. I mean, that this could really pan out for the Knicks. Yeah. It is. I mean, I'm just saying. And Tibbs, Tibbs is that kind of coach, too. I mean, watch my sh- all of a sudden want to come out of retirement just to be a special consultant for the Knicks if they get them three together. Like, anything is possible. Anything is definitely possible. Anything's possible. But both go to the Celtics. Free that by, man. Nope. And by saying that, look, and we, then, we just got breaking news at the time of this recording. Um, <laughs> Barry, Barry, tell us. <laughs> sure, listen, breaking news because, listen I was just, I was just <laughs> notified that the Golden State Warriors are down. I had to my count God. my hand. What's that? 39 points to the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks at halftime. It's 77 to 38. So obviously we won't be able to cover the end of that game, but <laughs> based on the results of that game, we'll talk about it on the next pod. You know what's crazy? 
I haven't even looked at who's playing for the Warriors. I did. I game. did. I did. They're only missing Draymond, um, Wiseman. Wiseman's been out forever. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But, that's Milwaukee, it. but Milwaukee looks the healthiest they've been exactly. since wow, probably exactly. like this in December. This man, Giannis, came Milwaukee's back from COVID. their best perimeter defender, bro. Drew Holiday's not playing. Like they're just running. Well, them I mean, Chris Middleton, be shocked, though. Chris Middleton be being shocked, back though. healthy is key, though. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked though if, for some reason, the the Warriors pull some ungodly comeback. I don't know. You mentioned Draymond Whoa. though. I, I don't know if we're wrapping up, but y'all remember once upon a time ago when the Raptors won a title and everybody was saying Pascal Siakam is for sure going to be like the heir apparent. I was so nice. Like trash. Yeah. NBA, NBA Twitter lost their freaking mind when that freezing coat takes you. alert. Freezing coat yeah. takes <laughs> alert. <laughs> Apparently, the claw Kawhi Leonard has been uh, helping boost Paul, Pascal Siakam's draft stock, and then ever since he left, you know it's been trash. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, even though we can't really cover that Warriors game, I do want to say this: don't be surprised if we find out that the Warriors came back and, and either lost by like five or won by like two. <laughs> At the end of the day, you know, the threes, the threes can fly. Will it? I say no, but hey, who knows? That being said, ladies and gentlemen. Steph is two for six from three right now at the half. All right, it's not flying. Then. It's, it's not going to fly. Uh, but that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for a, another all-new episode of the Full Court Press podcast. And we are once again joined by the OGs of Full Court Press back in the day, minus one. Can't wait to have you back on, Riley. But thank you, Brian. Thank you, Osan. Thank you, Pierre. Welcome back, Pierre. And of Pierre. course, as always, the El Capitan of the of the new of the new ship, Jabari. Appreciate you for coming through. Make sure you tune in and share your thoughts with us on our Twitter page, the SSAW Twitter page, and that is at SSA Worldwide. Um, this episode will be dropping Friday morning. By all means, we'll find out if the Warriors did manage to come back and win. Um, if you disagree with our Russell Westbrook takes, uh, let us know. Will I respond? Maybe, maybe not. Do I care? Absolutely not. Westbrook is <laughs> trash right now with the team. It's, it's just an unfortunate truth. Um, is he responsible for the Lakers' L? Um, about 95%. I'll give the other 5% to injuries and all that other stuff, but he is 95% responsible for the failure that is occurring in LA. And this Battle of LA stuff that has never come to pass can be solely put on Russell Westbrook's shoulders. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Listen, listen. Katie Wait, where are the Clippers? I did I did I... The Clippers, they don't exist anymore. Bro, bro, the Clippers, <laughs> Paul George is likely done for the season. Yo, why is not even gonna play in the new arena? The Clippers are the, the Clippers are this year's <laughs> the Clippers are this year's ambulance team. Just everybody. Yeah, it's just it's just, yo, I don't know how they winning the games that they are winning, but like, you know, Marcus Morris. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But on that and note, they talking about they may trade him. Yeah, yeah. So on that could, note, honestly. we appreciate on you that for tuning note, in. We don't um, want Russell Westbrook back in Houston. Stop saying nope, it. No, nope. stop. <laughs> we don't want that. Russell Westbrook is the promised land for the Lakers. May they ride him till the wheels fall off or until the backboard is broken from how however many bricks he keeps shooting. But hey, we appreciate y'all for Russell.